from American Falls to Milad, we've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho Prep Cast with Jordan K. Welcome into another edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with the guy you just heard about in the intro, Jordan K. Jordan, what's up? Not much, just uh, hanging in there. How about you? Yeah, about the same. How was the uh, opening weekend for you? You were busy. It was awesome. I know it was weird. There was three games in the entire state of Idaho being played for week zero, and all three of them were in our district. So that was kind of interesting. Um, You know, we weren't able to make it out to Montana Tech to go watch Preston, that was the only team that actually won, but got to go to Minico on Friday night, watch Century uh, open their season. And then Saturday, it was actually the first time I'd ever seen a football game at Holt, and uh, Highland almost pulled it out against Rocky Mountain. But that was a, that was pretty awesome, fun weekend. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, uh, I guess you probably came on with the Idaho State Journal. And friendly reminder, Jordan Kay is a, a great uh, sports writer slash editor slash sports staff at this point. Uh, <laughs> For the, uh, the one-man band at the, at the Idaho State Journal, uh, daily newspaper in Pocatello. Um, yes, you probably came on board uh, when COVID was happening and the yeah. arena was totally closed up last year. Yeah, no, I got – someone brought me in there one time, so I just saw it. I was like, oh, it's okay. And, <laughs> and then you go in, and I was like, this place is so hot. Like, this doesn't – this is miserable. You go up to the press box, and I was, like, sweating. I had, like, a jacket on because it was raining outside. I was like, this isn't going to work. So I, like, took it off, and there was fans, thank goodness, in the, the press box. Like, I was just trying to turn everyone on and, you know, try and stay alive. But I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's a cool atmosphere. You got the turf and everything, and, you know, all the fans are on the same side. But, I don't know, there was something like, oh, you know, I kind of like that the outdoors feel. Maybe it's just the weather and it feels just more um, like it's that school's like special thing and not just, uh, you know, like you're the traveling circus is coming through Holt Arena. I don't know. You like, which one do you like better, the, the Holt games or the the others? I, I kind of liked the outdoor games last year, to yeah. be honest. It, yeah. it, felt, it felt a little more natural where in Holt Arena, sure, for an Idaho State game, you're, you're going to fill most of those seats and it's going to get really loud, which, yeah. which is a good atmosphere you'll find out pretty quick at an ISU game. It's totally different. At the high school games, there just isn't as many fans that come yeah. as like a college game. And so it does uh, it does become kind of cold sometimes and sterile almost. It, it doesn't feel like. But but in the playoffs, uh, wait till the playoffs happen and there's games in there. And know? that's that's what I was – I know like some – I had heard from like uh, ADs or something where they're like, you know, Holt should be something that you you play yourself into. It's not like a regular season thing. It's, you know, if you earn it, then in the playoffs, you get to play there. And that, that I think that's a good idea. Like, you know, make it feel special because it is a cool environment for high school kids to go play in this big arena, you know, where their college team, you know, hosts games every Saturday night and like make them earn the spot to get in there. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, it's a great idea. So that they did just announce that Holt Arena is going to be undergoing some some pretty big renovations. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we can... Uh, find out who's on the committee and tell them to move the press box a little closer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just put some AC in it. I, it was actually perfect. It was very nice, but I was just like, maybe a little AC. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta climb up. I don't even know how many sets of stairs <laughs> up there. It was, I, how far it was nice. I felt like I lost like 10 pounds just constantly walking up the stairs, you know, hot in there. I was like, this is great. I don't need to go to the gym. 
Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bigger guy. So I always joke that like, man, if I, if I pass out and die here at the top of the press box, at least I'm only a couple of steps away from heaven. I mean, it can't be, I can't be too much further away. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, Jesus. Hey, I guess that's pretty true. Yeah. So, uh, uh, hold arena aside. So yeah, yes. that was the, uh, the big game on Saturday night, Rocky yeah. mountain against Thailand, a, a rematch of the quarterfinals from a year ago, Rocky escapes with the 12 to seven win. What did you see Jordan? Um, I thought Rocky mountain should have won that game by about 45 points. I, I thought they were the better team almost all night, but you know, their running game was just fantastic. I know they've got a new offensive coordinator. He did an incredible job of getting his playmakers into space, whether it be, you know, kind of getting your running backs just out in the flats, letting them, you're letting Highland have to make a open field tackle, getting guys one-on-one. I mean, I thought it was just a really good game plan um, by Rocky mountain. Problem was they just couldn't keep the, the ball in their hands. Highland forced four fumbles. And then, you know, that's a credit to the Rams defense. A lot of those fumbles, you go back and watch, it, it's kind of frustrating because you can't tell who forced the fumble. And that's kind of a good thing is when there's, you know, Highland was just sending swarms at every Rocky Mountain ball carrier. And, I mean, you got the first guy going in trying to just grab the – make the tackle. And the second guy comes in and all they're doing is trying to get the – force the ball out. And it just works so many times. And when they they seem, you know, under, you know, defensive coordinator like Nick Sorrell – you know, they preach this all the time. They practice it. It's one of their, you know, key points. And it just really paid off every time that it seemed like Rocky Mountain was about to blow the game open. Highland forces a fumble. You know, they had one where uh, Highland missed a 45-yard field goal. Two plays later, forced fumble. You know, a couple minutes later, Highland, bot, you know, botches a punt. Like, they, they mishandle it. Ends up being on the eight-yard line. So, Rocky Mountain was, you know, right away from – turning the game into two scores to three scores. Oh, next play, fumble forced. And it's just like that was the whole theme of the game. And, you know, realistically, Highland probably shouldn't have been in it. Defense kept him in it. And then right to the end, you know, they score with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jack Whitmer, who I thought was really good all night, the senior, um, you know, he, he struggled a little bit last year. Hits uh, Raymond Barella over the middle for the touchdown. Of course, the Highland defense forces a number, another fumble. They got five minutes to march down the field. I think they had, uh, what was it, like 60, 69 yards to go. They make it to the, you know, six-yard line. And then, you know, first to goal with about a minute left. And they just can't, they can't do it. You know, a couple incomplete pass, then a sack, then the clock's winding down and they can't get the playoff. And it was just, I mean, it, it was so close. But, you know, you look back on the game and you kind of give Highland credit for even making that get that close and, and Rocky mountain credit for, you know, hanging in there and getting the win. So it was, that's a tough season opener for Highland. If these oh, two, yeah. if these two teams met again in the playoffs, which definitely could happen, do you see it playing out differently? Do you think Highland by that point will be a little more seasoned or I mean, how good is Rocky? I guess. I, I think Rocky's good, but what I think this game showed more than anything is that, the top tier in 5A are toss-ups. <laughs> like, I, I think you could almost go the top five and be like, you know, it's really just going to come down to one little play, one, you know, one team executing at the right time in crunch time. I don't think it. this game showed, like, you know, Rocky is head and shoulders above, you know, where Highland is or that 
Highland, you know, needs a complete makeover to, you know, get in state title contention showed to me like, you know, the, this is going to be a really close title race. And, you know, I guess we haven't seen Rigby. Um, that's kind of the outlier. And, and we'll see them play Highland with, you know, Tiger Adolfo and, uh, you know, just how good they were last season. So that's, that's where I guess I'm leaving something out. But yeah, I think right at the top of 5A, if this game showed anything, it's pretty tight. Yeah, Rigby has a really interesting season opener this weekend. They're traveling to Utah to play Skyview High School, yeah. which is the defending uh, 4A champs down in Utah. And they had they had like five guys go D1. They've got a corner that's uh, playing at Utah State now who was pretty awesome. So that'll be a good opening test for them. Yeah. So, yeah, you you mentioned uh, the Highland game was just one of three. That yeah. all, all three involved the District 5 teams, yeah. which to me says they care about the fans. They knew we were starving for football, and District yeah. Five said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna supply you as much hey, as we can." <laughs> here here's here's my my problem with that is if you're gonna if you're gonna make a team play a week zero game, they should be allowed to begin practice a week earlier. Is my my thing, which I, I think would be fair. And they didn't let them do that this year. So you know, Highland only had I think Highland and Century had two weeks of practice to prepare for a week zero game. And normally teams have three weeks of practice to prepare for a week one game. So, I mean, it's kind of a good thing. You you know, you want to get a litmus test early, but it's kind of a, a negative. It's like, you know, we could use this that week for, you know, practice and not had to, you know, get injured in the game or whatever. So it's a weird dynamic, those week zeros. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about uh, the other contest you were at in person yeah. Friday night in Rupert at Minico yeah. High School. Century taking on the team that was picked to win the Great Basin Conference yeah. by the preseason uh, coaches poll. Uh, I thought Century played really well. It ended up being yeah. uh, 20 to 14 Minico with the win. Yeah, no, I had never seen Minico play before. And the wing tee they run is just really, I mean, it's just so hard to go against because a lot of these teams run in wing tee in high school football or 2A, 3A schools that don't really have the athletes to compete. But like Minico has big athletes. They have running backs that are just going to plow over you. And so, you know, you run the ball 55 times in a game with guys like that. And, you know, Century just didn't have the depth, but I, I thought they looked really good. Their numbers have been a concern, you know, ever since the, the boundaries. And I think it really showed up is when you've got all these guys having to play, you know, two ways, you know, headed chief among them, you know, Bruin Fleischman, you got like Nash Harding at defensive end. Guys like that, it's, you know, when you're running, when you're going against a team who's running 55 times with these big athletes, by the fourth quarter, you're just going to be beat. And that's what happened to, to Century. I thought they hung in there the entire game. You know, uh, senior quarterback, uh, McKean Romriel, he was pretty solid. You know, I think, you know, last year we, we didn't see a ton of, you know, what he could do just because he had so many athletes around him. It was kind of tough to gauge, like, you know, how much is this McKean? How much is this is just the guys around him? But, man, in the pocket, he just stayed poised. He made a couple just impressive throws, especially at third and fourth down. He understood that, you know, Bruin Fleischman was his safety blanket. And, you know, when things kind of got uh, awry, he always looked for Bruin, found him. And, yeah, I think Century was pretty dang close to, to pulling it out. One thing is just, you know, I think they're, you know, they were a little – uh, rusty in terms of like their offensive line play there had, I mean, both teams were, there were like 10 botched quarterback uh, center exchanges. I mean, it was just messy right from the jump. And I think that's, you know, kind of a product of those week zero games and 
not a ton of practice. It, it was just sloppy early. Yeah, and so it'll be interesting to see if uh, Century can compete with Pocatello and Preston yeah. in, in District Five this year, or maybe District Four is just not good, right? If if that is if that is your best yeah. team, and Century in the preseason poll was picked yeah. third, yeah, and and it was a one score game, maybe the Great Basin Conference isn't that good. That's a good point. Yeah, no, it's it probably does go one of two ways. Either Century is a lot better than we thought, or you know, District Four is not as good as we thought. Yeah, so well, that'll see. be interesting to track as the season goes along. Yeah. So uh, Preston, uh, another conference rival of Century, was also in action. They went up to Butte, Montana. You ever been to yeah. Butte, Jordan? No, I have not. Oh, you're missing out. It's a great. It's an old mining town. Really, kind of uh, old, rustic, uh, real blue collar, and um, yeah, it's just it's awesome. So I've seen pictures of the football field, and it looks pretty sweet, like with the mountains as the backdrop. Yeah. So yeah, Montana Tech. That's an NAIA school in in yeah. Butte, Montana. That's uh, the site of this neutral site game between Lakeland and Preston. Yeah. And Pre- Preston was kind of like Rocky Mountain, right? They probably mm-hmm. should have won by oh. even more, but they took they turned the ball over so many times, but they did escape with the seven to six win. Yeah. You know, I didn't didn't see the game. Don't know a ton about it, but yeah, it's uh, you know, I think Preston last year. You look at like some of their games, and they were close with Pocatello but then just got blown out by century. And so it's kind of one of those things where it'll be interesting to see how they fit in this conference. You know, everyone's saying that it's either going to be, you know, pokey or um, pokey's going to be one in century three and kind of just thinks Preston's automatically slotted in that number two spot. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think you could go either way. Um, you know, I just reading about it. I think Brecker Knapp had a, had a really good game. You know, he's a returning quarterback. That's pretty big. But, you know, they lost a lot of guys, and it seems like they're doing better at returning, you know, um, replacing them. You know, you had Cole Harris, who is an all-area wide receiver. Like Tate Rawlings, just big guys that, you know, you need to replace. And it seems like early on, like, Preston at least has, you know, the answers to, to how they're going to, you know, fill those holes. Yeah, they've got Brecker Knapp at quarterback, who's yeah. awesome. Uh, Charles Iverson, starting yeah. running back, is back, and then they've got they've got uh, Emery Thorson. He's the son of head coach Eric Thorson, and he he can kind of play all over. He can play receiver, he can play running back, he can mm-hmm. even play quarterback. So he's they're kind of lining him up all over. And it's I think Preston's got potential, and it's a good way to start their season with a, a seven to six victory over Lakeland. Let's yeah. look at, Let's look, let's look ahead to this week's slate of games. So everybody in action now. A lot of our teams are traveling, but yeah. what stands out to you on the schedule this week? Um, I think the first thing is, you know, just how the the Idaho teams are going to fare in the, the Rocky Mountain Rumble. You've got March Valley playing Beaver on Friday. Beaver is, you know, the 2A state champion from Utah. Then Saturday, you know, you've got Pocatello playing Ogden, a good team, and Highland playing Alta. It's, I think that's going to be the interesting test, especially because these Utah teams have been in action for weeks. I, I Most of them have played two or three games. They've been practicing since like July. So realistically, they're a step ahead of every Idaho team. And, you know, if we're going by that logic, they, they should win. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the Idaho talent can, you know, overmatch that or, you know, how, how those games will play out. I think the other thing, you know, I think we're both going to be at the American Falls Aberdeen game. Um, everyone, you know, going to Aberdeen practices, they're pretty high on, you know, where they stand this season. You know, if Jeff Duffin there, their coach is like, you know, if we can keep everyone healthy, 
it's going to be a pretty good season. You know, is that a, is a good season beating West side? You know, maybe, maybe that's not, you know, realistic, but a good season could be getting into the playoffs, getting to the semifinals finals, just making a run. So that, I think that's going to be uh, fun to watch that game. I'll tell you with, with West side, they run the wing T, right? And so yeah. those wing T teams, seem to be in tighter games sometimes maybe the style of offense now that it can be big blowouts but but generally speaking it's it's closer tighter games so i think aberdeen's got potential they were picked second in the preseason coaches poll and i'm I'm really excited to go do that one Uh, we're going to be there broadcasting for idahosports.com seven o'clock friday night as american falls takes on Aberdeen. And even though American Falls is the 3A school and Aberdeen is the 2A, I think we both agree that Aberdeen is probably the favorite yeah. in that matchup. Yeah, because, you know, American Falls, they they think they have a really big line for guys to run behind. And, and they do. Problem is they lose, like, just two unreal athletes. Tasting the Bruin played all over the field, just a shifty, you know, wide receiver and safety. And then Andrew Atkins, who is like an all area linebacker slash running back, just a big, powerful force. that's going to be, I don't know, almost impossible to replace. They're going to kind of have to do a, you know, running back by committee and figure that out. But, you know, you got third year quarterback, Patty Harwood under center and, you know, they run a pretty intricate wing T. So that's a, you know, at least a nice addition to have is bringing back a third year starter, but Aberdeen, they just have a lot of talent. I mean, Brody Beck is just a monster. He's an all area linebacker. And right now they're putting him at quarterback and that's going to be a quarterback spot where he runs the ball a lot. They also got, you know, a couple other running backs. I think they trust, but you know, there's another guy, uh, Kale Adamson dudes, six, two, six, three, 200 pounds runs a four, five forty. I mean, just a monster. So he's going to be a tight end, kind of sealing edges, able to catch passes, even running the ball a little bit. And then he's up and up front on defense in the trenches. So I think Aberdeen, I mean, for a two-way school, has some athletes and size that you just don't see very often. Yeah, and of course, the other interesting part is that Corey Hollingsworth, the coach for yeah. American Falls, used to coach at Aberdeen. So yeah. yeah, that always adds a wrinkle as well. I'll tell you, as I'm looking at the schedule, a game that I'm kind of interested in mm-hmm. is Malad taking on Lyman High School in Wyoming. Lyman is the defending 3A state champs from Wyoming a year ago. And Malad is a team that's got a new coach with Lucas Thorne. And for the most part, a new system and new players. And so, but for some reason, you know, I want to see this Malad team and how they do against a really tough opponent. No, definitely. Because I think they, you know, they had a pretty good season last year. You know, I think they had, uh, was it Tug Cap at, at quarterback, I believe? Uh, they went to the playoffs. I know that (laughs) we know that. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be an interesting thing because like you were saying last year, a lot of those like Northern teams, you know, didn't, didn't play a season or didn't do much. And so the two a playoffs ended up being 11 teams and all five from district five made it. And so this year you're looking at it, there's more teams and the same spots. It's not likely that, you know, all these 2A teams from District 5 are going to make it again. So it's who are the ones that are going to fall off? You know, is it going to be Soda Springs? Is it going to be Bear Lake? Is it going to be Malad? And I think that's kind of going to be the the fun thing is like, you know, early on, who is the favorites that are going to, you know, keep their spot and a, a win against Lyman, a good team from Wyoming, probably, you know, helps 
Malad's case going forward for the rest of the year. Yeah, of course. Uh, also at the two way level, you've got a rematch of last year's state championship, uh, West side hosting Firth. Yeah. That should be, you know, a lot of people up North, uh, in district six seem to think that Firth isn't maybe the best team up there. North Fremont is, and they got lucky and won that seven to six playoff game in the yeah. game last year. But Firth is the defending, uh, you know, state runner up from a year ago. And this would be a good opportunity for West side sure. opponent right out of the game. I mean, it was, it was a state runner up that, lost by like 40 points in the championship game. It was kind of, you know, it it was a real gap between, you know, the talent level of Firth and the talent level of Westside. So even though it's a, a repeat of a state championship game, I mean, it's basically just a repeat of a blowout. So I, I don't expect a whole lot to change. Westside, it's unreal. There are juggernauts year after year. And somehow this season, they're returning like almost everyone. You know, obviously, Tay Stegelmeyer, they're – Stud linebacker was our like all area player of the year. He's gone, but he was injured for most of the season and teams were, you know, doubled him and he didn't have exactly the stats that I think he he had in his junior year. Other than that, I mean you got Bryler Shirtlip, Blaze Brown, you know, Cage Broken. I mean, it's a I mean, it's just gonna be crazy if I there there's favorites to repeat, and then there's teams like Westside who if they don't, it would just be like something happened. And you know, that is a lot of pressure though. For these seniors, when you go in with that much expectation, you know, that's that's, you know, not always the easiest thing to deal with. So it'll be kind of fun to, to see with a target on their back for another year, how they adjust. Yeah, for sure. If, if those linemen can come together uh, at West Side, yeah, they'll be a juggernaut again. Yeah. The the last game I wanted to talk about, and then we'll just kind of run through the the rest of the week one schedule in District Five. I think a pretty good matchup in the three A ranks. Snake River is going to host Kimberly. Snake, yeah. R- Snake River is a team that if you if you just looked at their record last year, it, it would be deceiving because they were in a lot of games. They've got a good coach in Jeb Harrison and and Kimberly, of course, is one of the three A state title favorites this year. So yeah, and Snake River opened their season against Kimberly last year, and I mean it was a really close game. I think they lost by four points. The thing that's interesting with Snake River is this will be Jeb Harrison's sixth year there. He's only won one season opener. I don't know if that's a product of just scheduling really tough games or. Maybe the, these teams, it takes a little bit for them to get going. But last year, that Snake River team, you know, why, which is why I don't, you know, really care a ton about this one. Last year, Snake River team went 0-4 to start the season, turned around their year when conference play hit, ends up winning the district and making the playoffs. And you look at these early season games and it's like, basically, they're just using them as a tune-up for conference play. And so, you know, can Snake River beat Kimberly? Yeah, you know, it's going to be a pretty dang close game, you know, especially with the senior quarterback and, and Cole Gilbert under center. You'd like to think that, you know, the Panthers have a pretty good shot of, you know, at least keeping it close, if not, you know, taking it. But, you know, how much does it matter in the long run? I don't, I don't know, especially in these three-team districts. It's like as long as you're peaking around conference time, that's what's important. Well, it'll help in terms of the max preps ratings. If they play a good team like Kimberly, they, they the, met- the max preps ratings, that's just affecting the the state state bracket or the district bracket too. No, just state, but in, ter- in terms of yeah. trying to get set up in a good position yeah. in the bracket. Gotcha. 
or, yeah. or or maybe even an at large bid if if something were to happen. That sure. that district last year was crazy. You know, American Falls beat Marsh Valley. They all kind of just beat up on each other. And it was yeah, crazy. well, I think they all. I think this is right. I think they all finished the season at three and six. Yeah, and two of them made the playoffs, which is just crazy. Um, I don't know if that'll happen. Yeah, I guess I, I you know I forget about the max preps thing. I'm the way I'm looking at it is like you win your district, you're in the playoffs. And I think that's kind of how a lot of these teams look at it too. But you're right. I mean, I guess you don't you don't necessarily have to win your district. You can kind of you know get in through other other avenues. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so Snake River had to play Kimberly in the first round of the playoffs last yeah. year and led late in that game. And Kimberly scored the game winning touchdown with like a minute to go. And um, so I, I'm sure Snake River will be plenty motivated there. Yes. Look, looking quickly at the rest of the week one schedule, you've got uh, Preston hosting Shelly. Mm-hmm. That should be, you know, Shelly's an up and coming team, but I think Preston probably yeah. should be okay there. Yes. You've got, and then in our in our 1A schools, uh, Rockland is hosting Camas County. You've got North Gem traveling to Grace, should oh, yeah. be a pretty good one. Um, and, the, and then the two A's we talked about West Side, uh, but also Soda Springs is traveling to Ryrie, and then yep. Bear Lake is hosting Wyoming uh, opponent Big Big Piney. Do you know what the mascot for Big Piney is? Please tell me it's a pine, a Christmas tree. <laughs> no, well, uh, I guess the not the mascot, but the uh, the team name there. No, what is it? They're the Big Piney Punchers. Wow. <laughs> now I gotta go look this up. Yeah, go do a Google. Let's do a Google search real quick here. See what we can find for a logo for the big piney punchers. The best one I had ever heard is uh in Arizona, there's Scottsdale Community College, and they're the uh the fighting artichokes. <laughs> that one that one's pretty good. Oh my gosh, what is it looks just like a cowboy. He kind of looks like uh Yosemite Sam's uh yeah. Italian brother or something, maybe. <laughs> it's, <kind of> a, <laughs> it's like, yeah, if Yosemite Sam like opened a pizza shop. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what this guy is. Huh, that's interesting. So, yeah, what's the other one? I think uh, Century was playing Ridgeview, but Ridgeview canceled or something happened yeah. to them, so they're not playing anymore, and I don't think Century has yet to reschedule, and I'm not sure if they'll be able to. It'll be tough. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to be able to find a game this late. Yeah, Ridgeview canceled that game like earlier this week, so not yeah. sure what's going on there. Obviously, yeah. Boise's kind of a hot mess with COVID, and each school yeah. district is doing their own thing. And so, yeah. yeah. But regardless, a great lineup of football games. Sure. Uh, what What should we keep an eye out for uh, on the Idaho State Journal uh, in the paper and also online? You're going to be at the Aberdeen game Friday night, and then we're the you Aberdeen going? game. Be at the Pocatello game. Be at the Highland game. Um, starting to get some uh, Idaho State football, um, you know, previews, features coming out. You know, we, and then on Friday is our big uh, high school football preview section. So with every you know paper purchase, there'll be a little tab inside that has uh, you know previews from all of our our local teams, or most of them at least, uh, twenty pages long. And some of them you can find online; others you know are, are in the tab. So you know, go pick that up on Friday, and then you know look for for everything in the over the weekend from all these high school games. Awesome. Yeah. It's the best time of year, right? Heck yeah. I'm excited. All right. Well, well, uh, I guess I'll see you in Aberdeen Friday. Yeah. Night, right? Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll see you back here next week as well. Uh, awesome. For Jordan K. I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning into the Southeast Idaho prep cast from IdahoSports.com.